The Sens Nation podcast is brought to you by Jim K. Ford, your Ottawa certified pre-owned Ford dealer. They take all the worry out of buying a pre-owned vehicle. How about a 12-month, 20,000-kilometer limited warranty coverage, vehicle history report, financing rates from 1.99%, 172-point vehicle inspection, and 24-hour roadside assistance. Now that is peace of mind. See them today at jimkford.com, 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. Welcome to the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast with Steve Warren and the coach, Greg Kennedy. That was some kind of entrance. <laughs> and there it is. A little, uh, a little chanting for the great Brady Kachuk making an appearance at tonight's hockey game. It is the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast. Steve Warren along with the coach, Greg Kennedy. Joining him moments after the Sens home opener, a 3-2 win over the Toronto Maple Leafs. And what a day. Brady Kachuk resigns, and the Sens win their opener against their arch rivals. Very entertaining hockey game. So all in all, October 14th was a pretty good day to be a Sens fan. So let's get into it. How are you, Coach? I'm good, Stephen. You, you know, it was uh, a little touch and go there at the end. <laughs> I flipped you a text and said, this thing has pulled a goalie, tie it up, win it, no T written all over it. But uh, they managed to settle down. And actually, the last seven, eight minutes was was really exciting at coast to coast. And uh, I enjoyed the game. Yeah, it was very entertaining. Sens built up that 3 nothing lead through 20 minutes. They keep it that way through 40 and they, they took a few dumb penalties, allowed the Leafs to get a couple of power play goals in the third, but the Sens hang on to win 3-2. Uh, Sens fans go away happy. Uh, very entertaining game, but I doubt, speaking as a coach, Greg, I doubt <laughs> either coach is going to be too happy with that defensive performance. <laughs> but you know, it was still only 3-2, but man, they gave up a lot of shots again tonight. Um, one in, one thing, let's let's find a silver lining in it in, in the late stages there. They went coast to coast with a pretty good team. Like it was a track meet for the last seven, eight minutes, and the Sens gave as much as they took there in the last uh, in the last five, six minutes. So that there's one thing you can take out of it. They they skated with them, and uh, DJ talked today about wanting to be a team with some speed and and creating offense, and they certainly did a did a good job of that, especially there at the end. They looked they looked good. They were they were keeping up with them. Yep. We had talked in our last episode about one of the keys to the season being the health of Matt Murray and right out of the gate. Where's Matt Murray? Oh, no, he's not playing. Thankfully, it's not like a body injury. It sounds like he just has a cold and is under the weather. So Anton Forsberg ends up getting the start in this one. And holy cow, if he puts together a few performances like that, we might start changing our opinion of Forsberg as being kind of that one-year placeholder. Man, did he look good tonight, didn't he? He did. They, they, really, I, I can't think of anybody who didn't look good, right? Can you can you think of anybody who didn't look good tonight? I thought the Zaitsev-Mete yeah. combo had a bunch of giveaways. I don't want to focus on the negative, but you asked me specifically about maybe a couple yeah. of guys that had a tough night. I thought th- they would be the ones that would come to mind, but you're right. I don't think that uh, DJ Smith is is anything but thrilled for that one because, I mean, the whole point of defense is being organized. And what are you the least in your very first game of the season? Organized? Not so much. So uh, it'll come. So I think DJ Smith all in all will be thrilled with that performance. For sure. For sure. Um, I, I like the slotting. Uh, Shane Pinto looked, man, he looked good tonight, didn't he? Uh, uh, Tierney playing in the, in the three hole. 
Um, what did what did he end up with? Hang on, I'm I'm looking it up. A total of about 13 minutes of ice time tonight. A good chunk of it, uh, well, only 20 seconds of it, 10 seconds of it, shorthanded. So that that's sort of where you want Chris Tierney, and and actually performed well, like looked good. He belongs in the three hole and looked good. And Pinto established himself in the two hole. Norris looked fine. Stutzler looked good on the big line. Uh, you know, Shabbat was a horse, but uh, not too much ice time and looked good. Just all around for a first game of the year, missing Brady Kachuk, yada, yada. Uh, very good performance. They, they should all be happy. So you mentioned Shane Pinto. What's your number as far as how many goals he could have had tonight? And I'm not talking about a shot on net. I'm talking about elite top-end scoring chances. I have him for legitimately maybe as many as four or five <laughs> i was thinking three but all right we'll give you the benefit of the doubt there there were some great a scoring chances tonight weren't there i i don't know what he ended up with for shots on net but uh they maybe they didn't all get on net but man he had some really nice setups too in the slot little one-timer stuff uh he just man he looks good he just he's a He's like a plug and play, you know, he's, he's good to go, put him in coach and he'll do the job. It's uh, it's something we're going to enjoy watching for a long time. Totally agree. And boy, it's good to have Pinto, Paul and Connor Brown around at the end of hockey games. I was thinking about that. They were out there three, two lead and man, they're not only out there creating chances, but they're so defensively responsible DJ Smith will have no problem with that line. If, if it stays together, it's very early in the process, but I'd be really excited about the two-way ability of that particular line. Oh, for sure. So, but okay. So now here you are, you're the coach. Kachuk is back. Let's, I'm going to assume he goes into his spot and Stutzla moves down. So are you going to play Stutzla with Pinto and Brown? Probably. I don't know that you're going to want to play Stutzla in a three slot. So, uh, does it become Stutzla with, uh, Pinto and Brown and, and Paul moves down? That, that only makes you stronger because, let's face it, the bottom six is probably the weakness here. A lot of uh, Riff and his buddy Raff down there in the bottom six. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I just think that, uh, that uh, it, again, it, it bodes well. I, I, I've said that if their third line is what it's supposed to be with Formanton and Paul and Tierney, that, that's a better third line than, than most teams have in the entire league. So that makes everything so much better. When everybody's healthy and everybody slots where they're supposed to be, um, this is going to be a pretty good team. Like, like, don't even forget about Tyler Ennis, who who did not look bad at all tonight. He had two points early in the first period. He he fills a role on the power play there, a little bit of a water bug, and and has a brain and can make some things happen on the offensive side too. So, it just there's there's depth there if people are slotted in the right spots. Yeah, you hate to break up Nick Paul and Connor Brown because they seem to be a nice combo, but I think that's how it will probably end up going. You drop Paul down, Stutzla goes in there when Kachuk gets back, but there's nothing to say that at the end of games that you don't fire Nick Paul out there in favor of Tim Stutzla when you're trying to protect a lead. Talking about the Sens performance, you mentioned Ennis getting a goal in the first. That would make it 2 nothing. Alex Formanson made it 3 nothing at the end of the first. The first goal I wanted to ask you about was courtesy of Chris Tierney, and it seems like in the past... That might have been ruled no goal, kind of that kicking motion. Um, it wasn't like, uh, you know, the, the blade didn't come off the ice. Um, we saw it in that Seattle-Vegas game. The winning goal by Vegas looked like a very similar type of play. What do you think? Is I mean, they've they've clearly altered the rule over the years, have they not? Yeah, it's come down to you can turn your foot, you just can't kick. 
So you can actually use your skate blade like you would a stick blade and turn it and deflect. Um, I think in this case, his, his foot really only turned because he was turning to shoot and he fanned on it and it just happened to hit his blade, which was turned because he was balancing himself to shoot. It was nowhere near as bad as the one you just mentioned. That's Seattle one. I, th- I thought that was, whoa, that's, that's really borderline. But again, no distinct kicking motion. He just, the puck's coming. I'm going to turn my foot and deflect it in the net. And, and according to the rules, that's, that's allowed. And I, I don't know if you saw any of James Duffy tonight, but he's a big fan of the allowing of, you can kick it. If it's an athletic move, there's nothing wrong with it. You should be allowed to kick. So maybe that's, that would eliminate a lot of problems and maybe even increase some goal scoring in the NHL. If they just said, yeah, you can kick it in the net. Why not? Yeah. I think it's a case of, um, the only issue I would have is if it's a kind of kick where you're, I don't know, an, uh, like a football punter or something. Like if you're really <laughs> reefing at that thing and making a real soccer kick at it, like you're, you're taking a penalty kick, I have a problem with that just at a safety sake for the goaltenders. Uh, you don't want uh, blades coming up high um, in, in that process. So as long as the skates stay on the ice, I say do whatever you want with uh, that. That's my feeling on it. And it, it sounds like that's kind of the way they're calling it right now. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about uh, probably despite the fact the Sens had a 3 nothing lead after one, everything was great for Sens fans. I don't know if that was necessarily the highlight of the first period. Probably the highlight was for fans, Brady Kachuk's emergence on the big stage there up in one of the suites. They get some stone cold Steve Austin walk in music, uh, the whole thing, waving at the crowd, even doing his sort of uh, his goal celebration, if you will. Well, I, I couldn't help but think, Steve, that if he hadn't signed today and you just flashed his picture up there, like you, if he hadn't signed, he wouldn't have been in the building. But if he hadn't right. signed today and you flashed his picture on the screen, I think there would have been booze in the house. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> right? I, I, yeah. If they just put a picture up for sure, yeah, that that would have been a different deal altogether. Um, but yeah, that would have probably been the highlight for most Sens fans of the first period, at least the most memorable moment of the first period. And speaking of the fans, it looked like a sparse crowd. They reported on the game sheet over fifteen thousand, but I was a little concerned. I saw some of the early shots, first period action. It uh, and, and for a game that had Leaf fans, Leaf fans populate that place pretty good at the CTC. I was a little concerned about the uh, the number of bodies in the seats, weren't you? Yeah, I, I, I noticed it a couple times, uh, especially between the blue lines in the lower bowl where you expect it to be absolutely jam-packed. And you're right, talking about Leaf fans, like you can't avoid it in a game in Ottawa. Uh, I thought it was as big a pro-Leaf crowd as you're ever going to get for, for a game in Ottawa. Yeah, and as long as we're Leaf bashing a little bit here, Yes. What, what is what exactly is Sheldon Keefe going on about at the end of the game there? Like, yeah. It's uh, I think for the last five years, if if a if a if you get your stick on an opposing shooter's hands on their gloves while they're taking a shot, it's almost automatically a penalty. And in this case, Connor Brown's got an empty net to shoot at. I wasn't. If I had any problem with that play, it would have been like. Is that an automatic goal in that situation on an empty net? I'm not even sure because certainly if you haul a guy down uh, with a trip while he's on his way to an empty net, it's definitely an automatic goal. But uh, I'm not sure of the rule on that one. But I don't know why Sheldon Keefe was as enraged as he was. That seems like an automatic call to me. Yeah, and not only that one, the one before it too, he was he was ticked. But the basic rule is, and to the letter of the law, maybe maybe it wasn't called consistently throughout the game, which would tick him off. But if your stick is parallel to the ice, like in a in a straight line level with the ice, and you put it into somebody's hands, 
it, it doesn't necessarily even have to be a hook anymore. It's it, he was pressing on the wrists. You know, we used to allow a, what we call we used to teach it a stick press. You know, that thing became a penalty a while ago. So you're absolutely right. It was strange to see him snapping and holy smokes! If you could read lips, there was a lot going on there. He had a lot to say with some some commentary there. Yeah. The other bit of leaf bashing I wanted to do is when will uh, William Nylander get a helmet? That is something other than an eleven-year-old's helmet. What is that thing that he's got? What? It's like it's more of a more of a cap than a helmet. <laughs> what is it too small for you? What it's way too small for him. <laughs> okay, there was one in the first period. We were watching the game here, and and when Bunting was in in the slot in the blue paint, hacking and whacking, and his bucket fell off. And I'm watching yep. the game here with uh, with goalie Connor, and he says, "Hey, that's a penalty because he played the puck with no helmet." Ah, That's supposed to be a penalty, good. yeah. But then, then we, then in the replay, actually, he he fanned on it and then whacked at the goalie. Then he lost his helmet, so it wasn't a, wasn't exactly a penalty. When the Leafs got their first goal, Josh Brown was penalized on on the play. Like the Leafs score, yeah. and then Brown gets a cross checking penalty. Did you even see that thing? I like I never did see that. I didn't see it either. I didn't didn't yeah. see it happen anywhere. But that, but that, of course, that's a rule that changed. Oh, years ago now, that's that's a longer, a further back rule change than any other. It used to be that that they, the delayed penalty would be wiped out and the remainder of the penalty being served would continue. But they changed that a long time ago so that that's why the, the guy comes out of the box and Brown goes in and it starts fresh at two minutes. Right. Yeah, I just I just did. They never showed a replay of it. Yeah. I had no idea what exactly had happened. So anyway, yeah, that's... Uh, that that's uh, that's my leaf bashing for this evening. Okay. Uh, we'll get to, you know I have already had some requests for blue team elimination watch. I'm like it's game one. I don't think it's time yet. That uh, it's never and it's never a bad time I guess when you get down to it. Uh, Parker Kelly I thought had a, had a really good hockey game. So had a bunch of excellent chances and so far so good with that guy. You would uh, you would talk glowingly um, some of the reviews you got from people who have played. Uh, who have coached him, people who have played with him, and uh, he he's living up to the billing, and I'm starting to see why DJ Smith and you are both so high on him. Yeah, he had a great game. When you were talking about Pinto with his uh, chances to score, I thought Parker Kelly could have had two in the third alone, if not three. Uh, just a, a an engine that doesn't stop, right? It just to compete, compete, compete. It's nice to see. You know, it's it's uh, – he fits into the mold of uh, of a DJ Smith kind of team. Uh, uh, get pucks deep, uh, forecheck hard, pressure the puck carrier, uh, and track back hard. And that's that's his game to a T. And in in, a, in some sense, you might want to sit down with Zach Sanford and say, "Hey, why don't you watch Parker Kelly's shifts on video tonight and see if you can't pick up something there?" Yeah. Let's close it out tonight. Our post game show edition of the Sens Nation podcast brought to you by. Jim K. Ford with our DunrobinDistilleries.com web poll. It was a pretty easy one today. How are you feeling about Brady Kachuk getting a seven-year deal worth $8.2 million a season? Rick Casey writes, sure, it's okay, but how come Norris isn't signed yet with a bunch of LOLs after that? Seriously, great for both sides and really needed to bring excitement to the season. Alex Marshall, happiest I've felt as a Sens fan in years. Now get him that C. Big Rick. Old golfing buddy of mine. It was a must sign. Fumbling this player would have certainly been the final straw between fans and ownership. Let's enjoy this now. And later we cross our fingers that they sign the rest of the youth and make those big headline deals or deadline deals to propel us to a much needed cup soon. And 
Chris Chabot writes, not getting this done would have been detrimental to the franchise. It's big money, but he certainly gives you value for your dollar. Any thoughts on any of those, Greg? Uh, yeah, I'm glad there was some LOLs in the one about Norris. Like, settle down. Norris will be done. <laughs> I, I think there's going to be two things that will happen before Christmas here. One will be Norris will sign uh, maybe considerably before Christmas. And I'm now starting to think that before Christmas, you might see a, an Eric Brandstrom trade. Uh, not because they want to, but maybe because he's had enough. He he uh, he came into camp. Uh, all the all the talk was the best are going to play. If you deserve to play, you're going to play. Yada yada. And instead, as soon as an opportunity presents itself to send him down, down he goes. Even when he probably did outplay at least two, if not three, defensemen through training camp. All right. Let's leave the final word today in our web poll to Pierre Dorian and see how he feels about the Brady Kachuk signing. I'm trying to be as businesslike as possible, but inside there's such a huge smile because this is such a great day for us. There's a very relieved Pierre Dorian, and it, it is a great day for the franchise, not just because they got this one player signed, but it really does represent, I think, in the eyes of a lot of Sens fans who become jaded with the team that you can actually take this rebuild seriously, I think. That's a big, big signing today, so certainly some great news. And that is our web poll for today, by the way, and it's brought to you by Dunrobin Distilleries. Just like craft beer years ago, the market for craft spirits is booming right now, and Dunrobin Distilleries is at the forefront in Ottawa. They currently offer artisanal gin and vodka, rye whiskey, 12 different flavors of bitters, and their recently launched Earl Grey gin, all made with the finest quality ingredients right here in Ottawa. Now available at the LCBO, DunrobinDistilleries.com. Where will your spirit take you? All right, any final thoughts today as we wrap things up, Coach? Well, it's, it's now an annual tradition, isn't it? Play open against the Leafs and beat them. Uh, let's hope Matt Murray comes back uh, soon, uh, healthy, and, and I'm looking forward to Saturday night. As am I. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us today on the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for being with us on the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and review. Share the show with your friends and followers or become a member on Patreon. Check out our website today at SendsNationHockey.com.